What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. It's our second show in just a few days. Um, if you guys remember, if you listened to our show over the Thanksgiving break, we recorded a show that did not include the um, the the show recaps that we normally do every week. So, you know, this week, past weekend show was a show that was purely all of the major news that happened throughout the week. And there was quite a bit of stories that we were able to get to. So that was a, a great show. And if you guys want to listen to that show, you guys should check it out. Um, of course, on our podcast network, uh, on New Generation Podcast Network, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Um, but this show, it will focus purely on just the show recaps because we did not do any show recaps last week. So we're giving you guys a double dip here. But this one will be just purely um, recent recaps of, of, of the superhero show. So I know I said during the show that we'd be doing um, uh, Supergirl, ti- uh, Titans, and Black Lightning. Titans had a season finale. Um, we're switching it up a little bit. We had a, a major, major, major development in Watchmen. Um, and because of that, and because not all of us were able to finish all of Black Lightning, we're going to swap out Black Lightning for this week. Though, as someone who did watch it, I don't think it will hurt us too much for the crisis on Infinite Earths crossover coming up. So um, nothing right. that you've, you've missed or you, have, you felt like you, oh, you wanted to hear what we had to say about something that may be involved in crisis. I don't think that there really be much of a crossover, even though we know Black Lightning is indeed in crisis. Um, so that's at least a good thing. But I, I know if you guys have been watching Watchmen, you want to hear us talk about Watchmen. So we're going to get into that in a second. So uh, instead, it's going to be Watchmen today, Titans, and Supergirl, which did have a tie into crisis at the end. So that we'll talk about on this show. A little bit of an abbreviated show, but it should be fun nonetheless. Joining me are my co-hosts, as always, starting with Shamari Stewart. Shamari, which for- show are you looking forward to talking about the most today? Uh, well, I mean, just it has to be Watchmen. I mean, you know, I mean, if we're talking about Watchmen, it's always going to be Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, Watchmen. Yeah, Watchmen's going to get all. The, I mean, this last this past week's episode, I'm like, all right, Watchmen, just just give them all the Emmys, the Golden Globes, uh, any other awards they have out there. <laughs> That happened during this award season. I mean, it's just been a, a remarkable season, and this week's episode was no different. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Watchmen has just been fabulous this entire season. Um, I've had nothing but good things to say about it, but this, I mean, this week, I feel it's more going to be a, kind of a breakdown of of the reveals and, and anything that may have led to the reveals and what we may be getting in the future. So it's just it's just fun to talk about, so I'm looking forward to that. Kendall, of course, is on the show as well. Kendall, what show are you looking forward to talking about today? Yeah, obviously, we're all excited to talk about uh, Watchmen. Um, I'm excited to talk about Titans because we had a season finale in Titans. Um, you know, we finally got our clash between, you know, Deathstroke and Dick Grayson. Uh, spoiler alert, you know, he may, may, may or may not have been Nightwing. So, uh, but I'm sure if you've seen any commercial of Titans, they already spoiled that for you. So, uh, um, but it, it should it, it should be an interesting discussion because it was an up and down, very very up and down uh, finale. So I'm sure we'll all have interesting opinions on that one. Up and down is certainly one way to describe how that finale went. Um, I may have a different take on calling up and down, but we'll talk about that. Uh, later in this show so um but let's begin and we're going to start to speak with Watchmen because as shamari said uh the amount of reveals in this one episode were were so massive um and i think we all knew this was going to be a big episode but i don't i don't think anyone knew we were going to go in this direction specifically um which is tells you just how crazy this show is a show that is kind of 
predicated on major twists and, and a major overarching conspiracy, just like the Watchmen book. Um, this show is that is in that same ilk, but even when you think you know where it's heading, it takes you in an entirely different way and answers questions that some you didn't even know you needed answered, and um, and some you may have been anticipated but may have forgotten because you just really weren't focused so much on specific things that we've been seeing throughout the season. So. This week's episode, episode seven, and almost religious awe. Uh, this was directed by David uh, Samel. Hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, this was a, a tremendous episode. Um, this is kind of coming back off of the the last episode, which was, I think, again, truly one of the better episodes of television I'd ever seen um, than the last one. But this one was a pretty great follow up in itself. So this episode takes us through kind of Angela's recovery from being under that nostalgia coma that she was under. And we kind of get to see a little bit of, of what the process is for for Lady True to actually take someone who's overdosed on on a, on um, on nostalgia and get them back off their feet on their feet rather, and you know it, it's kind of a, a crazy it's a crazy experience sitting there kind of watching Angela go through not only her her grandfather's experiences that still flashing and out as they're trying to extract literally extract her his memories from her brain but in doing so it actually uh it, it kind of spotlights these incredible uh traumatic instances that happened in her life and in these instances it took us back to her childhood which again that's what i was kind of referring to when i said questions we really didn't i didn't know i needed answers to i didn't realize that we get so much trauma and so much tragedy in angela's backstory we learn about um her, her time uh, in Vietnam as a young girl. We learned that her parents were killed at a very young age by a, 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 a Vietnam rebel. Uh, I do, And Sharon, correct me if I'm wrong. I know uh, you're, you know, the Watchmen expert on this show. Was Vietnam a, a 51st state, state in the, in the, in the comic books? Um, so, no, that did not happen in the comic books. So that is something that Lindelof... Um, uh, that's something that Lindelof created, but um, I like it. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm very much, very much enjoying that. Uh, that that is something that he uh, decided to incorporate um, into the show. Yeah. So, so we understand that you know Angela is is she would be in, probably be an American city. We would have assumed she was an American citizen because we would have assumed that she was maybe born on a military base. But she's an American citizen because she was born in a in the United States. Because at this point. Vietnam is part of the United States, which is another crazy twist on this uh, fictional world they put on. But we learn about the death of her uh, her parents, and we learn how she came up with the name Sister Knight, and we even see uh, the the um the we see her grandmother at the at the end there, uh, which who we kind of saw in a brief glimpse at the very end of that last last episode before she was brought out of her coma, which I think was kind of giving us a hint to what we'd be seeing this week. And we learn about the, you know how her grandmother kind of died tragically as well as she was being taken away from Vietnam and supposed to be headed back to Tulsa as a little girl, and that didn't happen. But I mean, Sham, this 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 episode kind of took us everywhere between Angela's childhood to um, pretty much uh, uh, Agent um, what's the name? Uh, Blake. Agent Blake. Yeah, Agent Blake. Actually, going to the police chief's wife's 
to talk about what she learned at the hearing and seeing Angela talk about these instances and figuring out that somehow the chief may be connected to the Calvary. And her, in a pretty much as I saw someone, I think someone from Vulture wrote it, a uh, a, 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 a get out like moment where the interrogation is not even really an intense interrogation begins, but then she kind of gives it up and then just throws her down a trap door. And we learn the, the true plot of the of the Seventh Cavalry. We learned that yes, that they were very much in line with the police chief, along with the senator, and that his plan has gone beyond being the president. It's gone now towards uh, killing Doctor Manhattan and him himself taking the mantle, Doctor Manhattan. How he's supposed to do that, I don't know. But this is a vast conspiracy that's gone way beyond I expect what I expected, Sham. And then the end of the episode with the, the massive reveal of Cal being Dr. Manhattan. This was a wild episode to say the least. Uh, what did you make of what we saw this week? Um, so I was, I mean, I feel like it's, I say this every week <laughs> now, honestly, uh, but I was blown away, you know, by all the reveals and the, and the, um, you know, the, the reveal, which was kind of basically hinted at in the last episode, but the reveal that the seventh, even the reveal that the seventh cavalry is just a continuation of Cyclops, Cyclops, yeah, uh, basically, um, and the clan, which is like crazy, um, and that they're trying to become Doctor Manhattan, uh, which is a frightening thought. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's some really, really scary stuff, um, you know, uh, like almost like cartoonishly scary, which Agent Blake like comments on, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that is, that is insane. So of course, you know, Cal being revealed as Dr. Manhattan is insane. Um, I mean, I did not see that coming at all. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, you have people now pointing to things like, um, Lori's conversation with, with Angela when they were in the car. Yeah. And how she, have any, yeah. did any of you guys, had you guys heard theories about that before? I, I see no theories about this, but to be fair, yeah, I, I don't read about this show theory. nearly as much as I would like to. Yeah, apparently people on Reddit have been saying stuff, saying yeah, it, saying this for a while. <laughs> and when people were saying it, I didn't even bring it up because I was like, it, it's just too random. Like, right. you know, like, you're like, Shamara's going to go through all the reasons, but they just all seemed kind of random. Yeah. So, I mean, it did. It, did. It, all, it seemed very random, and, you know, people pointed oh, you know, um, I mean, he doesn't I mean, their children are adopted, and and you know he doesn't go to have any like history. And then in this episode, they're talking about how he had amnesia. He uses and, her last name, which is interesting. Yeah, he uses her last name. So it's a lot of a lot of stuff that is just you know that you know. And, but you don't you don't hear that stuff and just think, oh well, he's got to be Doctor Manhattan. Right. But this is watching. He, he had the scene when he was talking to the kids, and that was, was the one. I think if yeah. there was any. I think there was any scene that really should have raised my antenna. That would yeah. have been it. And I don't. I didn't know what to make of that scene other than, um, and oh, you're just not a believer, you know? You yeah, and I and I kind of yeah, and I kind of thought it was a to me Lindelof, and it very well could have still been, um, but kind of Lindelof kind of taking a stance on a TV show that we don't normally see for whatever reason. We don't really see atheist or agnostic uh points of view really uh perpetrated in that manner so cal so i don't say callously but so uh just so matter of factly 
for whatever, like, you know, tell, like, I think these television networks, they kind of shy away from that for obvious reasons. So I thought that was Lindelof kind of just putting out, no, these are real people. Real people feel this way. And I'm going to put it into one of my main characters and have them say this. But, like, the way he kind of just shut down his kids and the way he kind of just was so, again, matter of fact about it was definitely an eye raiser for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, this is something that apparently people have been saying for a while. I hadn't seen it just because I've been avoiding, um, you know, just I really haven't been on the on the Internet looking into people's theories so much. Oh, yeah. as, I'm, I'm, I'm looking into theories every week. <laughs> all right. Really, Kendall's all over the all over this stuff. But I, I haven't been looking into really anything. I've more just been listening to things like, you know, podcasts, seeing, uh, you know, basically like listening to podcasts, watching different commentaries on the shows, but I haven't seen any, um, you know, but these people on the internet, man, they, they scour this stuff. Yeah. People that, that have done nothing with their lives, but read watch. <laughs> mm. So, I mean, it's, um, you know, yeah. People that know this stuff, uh, really, really inside and out. So, um, but yeah, I had no idea. And there were hints like all throughout from the beginning of the episode when they showed there's plastering Dr. Manhattan all over the beginning of this episode in Vietnam. You show him Doctor Manhattan here, Doctor Manhattan's book, Doctor yeah. Manhattan puppetry. Well, Doctor Manhattan. I, I knew I I did feel like we were gonna have some kind of resolution to the Doctor Manhattan situation because was, of that. Yeah, I was getting yeah. a feeling. I was like, boy, they're showing him a lot. It's yeah. just in the first few minutes. I'm like, man, they're showing Doctor Manhattan. Like, are we gonna see Doctor Manhattan? <laughs> you know, yeah. to the point where I was like, oh, geez, are we gonna see Doctor Manhattan in this episode? And lo and behold, we did. Um, yeah, so. So, so here's the thing about the Doctor Manhattan uh, reveal. Um, so, I'm trying to. Fi- I'm, I'm still trying to piece together. It's such a jarring reveal to me. So, it's like it's weird because, like I said, we have these instances where it seems pretty clear that he has a lot of Doctor Manhattan's traits and. As someone noted in that scene where he kind of like goes off on his kids about how God isn't real, like Angela doesn't give him a, she gives him a look like what the F, but the look isn't almost like what the F, like, hey, like you're ruining the kids, like dreams or whatever. Like his, what her, what the F is more like, yo, like, what are you doing, fam? Like, you, like it seemed, it seemed like there was, the look she gave him was a little different than the look you expect him, like, you know, a dad is too harsh with his kids. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it seemed like more like, wow, you almost gave up the tea in a major way that would have ended all of us. And that that is interesting to me because when Angela confronts him, basically says uh, her goodbye to the cow that we know. He seems to have no recollection or no idea that he is Dr. Manhattan. So right, it, it was a subconscious thing. Yeah, so like, so I'm guessing my question is like, you know, is it only purely, purely subconscious when we see those instances, or 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 are there times where he is Doctor Manhattan? Because um, one of the things I think about too, it's going to sound funny, but we see the show makes it very clear that Angela and Cal have a very good sex life. I'm just going to put it out there. And it's important. And the reason why I'm putting that out there is because we see, we, we know about how Laurie still yearns for Dr. Manhattan um, in ways that are very obvious. To me, like in those instances, is he Dr. Manhattan? Like, is his quote unquote game, is his skill in the bed, is that Dr. Manhattan or is that just Cal 
with Dr. Manhattan subconscious. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's very interesting. Like, I, I, I'm, like, that's the one thing I'm very fascinated about is like, okay, are there any moments where he's not Dr. Manhattan? Because then there are times when like, uh, you know, like the, the, like the racist uncle like shows up to the crib and like, he's like, like, like he, he like doesn't even respond to him. He doesn't even like, he just ignores him. Like, what are those instances? Like, is he, I, is he avoiding those instances because he, he realizes that, that he, he, he interages, he, he's going to become Dr. Manhattan? Like, does he know not to engage? Like, I, I assume that he's not, he hasn't been Dr. Manhattan for years. Okay. And that he doesn't know that he's Dr. Manhattan. But, yeah, that's whatever agreement like. that they came to uh, prior to him becoming Cal, uh, I think it was understood that, like, this, that he was going to take a different, <laughs> he's going to take a different identity that he wouldn't remember anything prior to that. Unless they needed him. Which now they need him because the Calvary is coming. Um, the way they do that, the way they do this show, though, I mean, it's similar, you know, similar to the Watchmen book in many instances. Like you get the feeling like this, like this show is almost like written backwards because when you go back and you watch scenes from the first couple of episodes. You realize, like, Lindelof has, like, he laid all these Easter eggs that were so obvious. Yeah. Like, I'm watching, I watched the two scenes with Will Reeves and Angela in that, in, in that, in that little bunker where she had him stowed away. And he's literally given the whole rest of the season that we've had so far. Like, you know, him saying, you know, I'm Dr. Manhattan. He's like, maybe I'm Dr. Manhattan. And she's like, She's looking at him like, what are you talking about? Yeah, he's Dr. Manhattan's on F.A. Mars. Yeah, she's like, Dr. Manhattan's on Mars. He's like, how do you know he's not one of us? Mm. He's, <laughs> he's like, how do you know you can't change the color of your skin? Or whatever. He's like, right. Dr. Manhattan's blues. How do you know you can't change the color of your skin? Right. Look like us. I mean, he, and he, at the whole time, he knew that Cal was Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. So he's just messing with her. But, like, these little, I mean, I, we think that he's just joking. We think he's clowning around. But I mean that scene and all those scenes are just so like, you know, it's crazy. To me now, the one thing that I haven't really seen anybody really talk about, maybe because it's kind of out of sight, out of mind right now. Somehow, I think Topher is Angela and Doctor Manhattan's kid. Really? How that is, I don't know. But he clearly has powers, and in the scene we saw him earlier this season. He's building the castle that we see Dr. Manhattan destroy, which we don't even know what that was. Now that we know Dr. Manhattan is indeed on Earth. But, like, why, like, why does he have superpowers? People aren't, there, people aren't on the show just walking around with superpowers for, like, randomly. Like, and he's so, and he also is very distant and very off. Like, his, he's extremely different than his sisters, who are very, like, normal young kids. He's totally different. Something's up with that kid, and I think he's related to Dr. Manhattan in some way. I just don't know how. Mm. Yeah, I so I, I didn't even realize that I couldn't tell he had powers, but um, that is that. I mean, that I mean, he was flo- he was floating a whole castle that he made. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah that, that thing was floating. I didn't I didn't know what was going on with that. I didn't know if it was some kind of technology. 
I didn't know what was going on, but yeah, maybe he was doing it himself. I that went over my head. Um, and I mean, we also like we we got to talk about this lady true character because mm. I mean, I don't know what her backstory. I don't know what her deal is or what her backstory is, but um, you know, the whole thing with her and the I don't know what the elephant is, <laughs> the giant elephant. I don't know yeah, where Will Reeves is. Um. Well, I'll take that back. From what I've heard, you know, again, I you know, I scour the internet. Yeah, yeah. You need to give it you need to give us just all the all this stuff right now. Because we're all very confused. So, yeah, exactly. So from what I've heard, people, you know, you know, throwing out ideas, the elephant so apparently elephants have the best memory of any species on the planet. Yeah, I've heard of that as well. Mm-hmm. I actually saw that as well online. Yeah. Right. So they can retain all information and Basically, they never forget things. So the idea is, True was likely harvesting Angela's memories and keeping them in the elephant, I guess, as almost like a, a, a database, more or less. I don't know. That That's that's the theory that's going out there. Um, and she just tricked her into thinking that, she, that Will was on the other end, but it wasn't. Um, but she was talking about, you know, her father is coming. Is that is that Vite? You know, some people theorize maybe it's the comedian. I mean, I don't know. I don't see how it could be the comedian. Vite makes a little more sense. Um, apparently, there there's also like ancient, you know, legends about like elephants, and there was a woman who was a mythological character who fought off the Chinese invasion and she rode in on an elephant into battle. Some people are looking into that and the fact that the, the true pharmaceutical logo is an elephant. Yes. And if there's something going on with that. Yeah, I don't, the logo yeah. is not a coincidence. Um, you know, um, I don't know. I feel like we'll get I think a lot of stories are just being set up as well for season two. Like, so that's, I think, a, that's what I was going to ask. Do you, like, can see? I don't know. I disagree with that. I think that this is setting up for a massive conclusion that absolutely will be. It will be abrupt, just like the book, but it will it will wrap up everything. Because so like right now we're going at a rapid. We're going a thousand miles an hour right now. We're on the we're on the autobahn. Yeah, and Lindelof actually said. Because once the episode came out, I was already on the internet. Uh, or once once I finished the episode, I was like, okay, so what's going on? <laughs> the Hollywood the Hollywood Reporter immediately like dropped a, an article. So I guess they had seen the the episode beforehand where they they were interviewing Lindelof via email. Yeah, and he's like, okay, so I know people are gonna want to have questions answered, blah blah blah. And he says, and they asked him, they were like, oh, so. And he said, he's like, I'm sure if I were watching the show. I, if I were a viewer, I'd be very concerned that you wouldn't be able to tie all this stuff up by the end. But he's telling people, don't panic. He's like, I will be able to tie all this up, you know, by the end. Um, so, I mean, he's planning, and he even said during, our, I believe when we were at the Watchmen panel, that he planned for all this to be done in one season. Yes, he did. Yeah, um, he did say that. You know. Um, but I don't, I don't think that he's not... I I don't I I've been thinking a lot about this show, so I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was something in this episode um, where I was like, 
this, like, there's no reason for them to, to even address this right now, but they're not putting it in here for no reason. Like EJ mentioned with Topher. Like, they're not going to address Topher potentially having superpowers. I mean, they could, but, like, you know, like Lady True's father. You know, if that's Vite, maybe it is, but, like, I mean, that's something that they could address further in a season two. Or if it is the comedian who was in Vietnam, like, that's something that they would have to address in season two. Like, they they they, they are laying the groundwork for them having a, a long term rather than this being a one-off type of series i mean i i mean i think that this could very much be a long-term thing um i very much hope that it is but i i absolutely see the potential for that um for him for lindelof to continue this series and to just continue creating stories in this universe i mean i would love that it'd be like if alan moore wrote a sequel to Watchmen. i mean it's like well maybe not exactly like that because alan moore is alan moore but Mm -hmm. you know but it's like you know the closest thing to that to this point so i mean i absolutely see potential for that another thing i I want to bring up as well because this is something lindelof mentioned in his interview also is that and the hollywood reporter they asked him they said uh how long had you had had you been planning for this cow reveal is this something that you had you had basically set up from the jump and he's like yeah basically uh that from the beginning we had been looking for you know, when even during casting, they were casting an actor. Uh, you know, you know who could play, um, you know, this Cal character, and then eventually Doctor Manhattan. I wonder, I wonder if the John Cena stuff was legitimate, and, and that he was in the running to play this character, but for maybe a multitude of reasons, they 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 changed. They maybe because he spoiled it, or maybe because he he went on there and said he was going to be Doctor Manhattan. And they were like, well. <laughs> But um, because he also could kind of I feel like he could also play the same character, you know, somebody who's pretty kind of dull for the most part. But then, like, you find out he's Dr. Manhattan. It would have been more obvious, I think, if you cast John Cena versus, you know, Yaya is also a big actor, yeah. up and coming actor. But, you know, he, like you can maybe he can maybe go a little more under the radar than John Cena would, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think to me his casting makes a lot more sense because up to this point he's just a very dull very, character. Yeah, very and like I mean, he's a good actor. Like, why is he even in the show? Yeah, like he's doing a great job, but it seems like he's like no, like he he's way more qualified <laughs> than to be doing this. You know, for what they're asking him to do. But now his casting makes a lot more sense, and it just was brilliant. I mean, he's always kind of been in the background. Even when we saw him at Comic Con, you know, he's at the end of the <laughs> end of the panel line. You know, like he's not in the forefront. Like they 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 very much wanted you to feel like he was someone in the background. That only someone who was focused the, on him would come up with that he was black white. That he was at, rather uh, a, a Doctor Manhattan. At the Washington panel, like at Comic Con that we were at, like were there any sense? Did they even talk about his character? I don't believe no. they did. Or if they did, it was it was very it was super brief. Yeah, well, yeah, they didn't say much. There was, there was no emphasis on, on his character whatsoever. <laughs> you know, like they like he's been hiding this for a long time, but he hasn't had to say much because we just assumed he was playing kind of a minor character to begin with. Um, two other two two other things, you know, we have to one. I, I want I, I want to know. Do we think that Lori Blake knew she was knew what she was doing? 
Or do you think that she was completely caught off guard? Because it seemed very clumsy that she just like <laughs> that this this Crawford that you know Miss Crawford was able to get her with the the messed up button and the you know dropping her into the lair or you know wherever she got dropped into. Um, like, did was that intentional? Because that's what I'm wondering. I don't I don't I mean I don't think she's a bumbling idiot. To be sitting there like, oh, what, what are you doing? What, what, what's happening? And I hope that was intentional. Um, just because I think that was that was maybe the only thing in this episode I wasn't a huge fan of. Mm. Just her being captured in that way. I love the reveal. I thought the reveal was very intense and I thought it was very well acted and very well written. But just the button, I'm just like, oh, geez, a button and a trap door that was <laughs> malfunctioning. Like, there's something, something out of Austin Powers. But here's what I will say, though, Sharon, and and I think I I will will go as far as to say maybe it wasn't um, intentional. The reason why I say that is because kind of as we we saw in the last episode, like the clan, like their way of thinking and like their they're they're lunatics and like they have these cart they have this cartoonish look outlook on the world. They you know their leader is the Grand Wizard, and they wear and they wear white you know robes and like like and they burn crosses like like even like every like obviously they're evil people but even like just their outlook on the world is just very cartoonish and, and when King kind of out, pours out his plan it's a cartoonish plan like to me the clan having a trap door is well within the clan to me like that's that's par for the course so I almost feel like that. Why, whether or not Blake was intentionally trying to get caught, I don't know. But I, I actually was totally fine with the yeah, oh yeah, the clan would would have a trap door because they think that like this is they think this is a freaking nineteen seventies movie. That's how they've acted their entire existence. So that was very much on what, brand to me. Now, one thing that would support the idea that she that she knew what she was doing and that she intentionally got herself captured is. Think about the conversation he was having with Petey before she got captured. She got captured. Uh, she was on the phone. Petey was talking about how Looking Glass uh, was not a member of the Seventh Cavalry, and that he, you know, he wiped out the bunker. And they were all dead. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking Glass. Well, Petey points out that Looking Glass isn't there, but that one of the members of the Seventh Cavalry doesn't have his mask. So that would insinuate that. Looking Glass is undercover. Right. Uh, yes, it was. Using the mask. Right. That's so true. Blake may have heard that and thought, well, that means, you know, I'll have some level of backup. You know, backup. Right. That's a good. Point. If I am captured or, and maybe she thought I will intentionally, maybe she didn't think I will intentionally go in there and get myself captured, but at that moment, she was fine with getting captured. Hmm. Because she thinks that looking glass is there. I don't know. It might be a leap even in her judgment, but I don't think that is. I think I think you've convinced me. I don't know how Sham feels, but I, you're you. And I was the one who thought that she was not trying to get captured. Like she legitimately. I think she was there to interrogate and perhaps take in Crawford. But right. I don't. I don't think she knew that she, the the wife was evil. I don't think she knew that. Mm. Um. But I, I think in the moment. <laughs> I mean, I think she she uh, called an audible. Mm. I mean, that would be very, um, well, I don't think necessarily getting captured is comedian-like, but thinking ahead like that is very comedian-like. 
and um mm. and uh she has been acting more like the comedian in this show um which i've enjoyed a lot quite a bit personally um man honestly i'm just glad looking glass isn't dead because that Same. that would have bummed me out <laughs> yeah, telling you, he wasn't gonna die yeah, I, I didn't feel good about it, but I feel a lot better about it now. I mean, the one saving grace was that, you know, it was off screen. So it was like a guy like that you don't think. But I almost thought that maybe this would be like his tragic end. You know, that he made a tragic mistake of trusting um, of, of trusting people he shouldn't have trusted. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, he looks like he's going to have a really triumphant return in either this episode or the last one. One of the things we did not mention at all in this episode was uh, what's going on with Vite. So Vite has his uh, court appearance where he is um, in, a, in what really can literally be described as a kangaroo court. It was complete nonsense, and uh, he took it as nonsense. He was found guilty. We don't know what that means, but the game warden uh, uh, does mean that does, did declare that he was found guilty, and that there will be some kind of punishment they confirmed the theory that uh each bite team is one year because they were like day 365 yeah of this yeah. trial so yeah and and um what's his name lindelof actually confirmed that like i think he confirmed that a couple of weeks ago he's been he's yeah. been dishing out a lot of spoilers quite frankly yeah i think that um, if you read like and there's been like other stuff too like some online material they put out like i knew that Laurie Blake had been recording Angela through some online material that was put out by HBO's Watchmen team. Yeah, um, I mean, PDP, yeah, check out PDPedia. Yeah, PDPedia. PDPedia is like, that's like the same as like the, the little things at the end of each each issue of Watchmen. Mm. So it's just additional material leading you into the, whatever the next episode is. Yeah, and that, that, served, that served very well in this episode. Though they gave us a scene where she was listening to the tapes, but at least we understood exactly how she got those tapes. But um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'll be honest. This is probably the one episode of Vite where I kind of had enough. Where it's like, all right, I, how do I get to this point? I still have no idea what's happening. <laughs> like I, I, I think if there was any part of this show that I think in this episode got me to the point, where I'm like, all right, they got to do something with this. This was kind of it. Because now we, it, while we don't know for sure if Dr. Manhattan is involved in his current predicament, it doesn't appear that way because Dr. Manhattan's on Earth. So now it becomes even more of a mystery of what is he doing and, and how did he get to where he is. Um, we know he's on Jupiter, but we don't know why and why he's been there for so long and when this even takes place. So I assume that my assumption is that this will whatever somehow he'll make his presence felt in the present time on the last episode but i'm just hoping there's something i gain out of having watched these nine years of his life go go by and not feeling like i learned all that much it's the only yeah. thing i'm critical about this show right now for of yeah um and it's stuff like that that kind of that makes me like say we need a season two I feel like I need a season two to see Vite not in whatever this other dimension. Yeah, we're gonna see. Vite. <laughs> yeah, he'll. I assume he will get back, and we'll see Vite interact in this real time society. And 
honestly, like, I think it's clear that they are showing you. I think something's gonna happen to Vite or with Vite in the finale, and this is just they're gonna, they're showing you the process of it happening. Well, my question is gonna be when that happens. And this show is great with payoff, and it's great with everything making sense by the end. But am, am I going to say to myself, I didn't need to see all of this? Like, if Vite just gets catapulted or teleported back to Earth somehow, am I going to be like, did I really need to see Vite with Mr. Phillips and stuff? Like, it was cool. Like, Jeremy Irons is great. But all of the stuff has to make sense, and it has to be worthwhile all the stuff with Will Reeves was worthwhile and it yes. all made sense by the end of his payoff. You know, all the stuff with Cal that we've seen now makes total sense. It all, you know, the payoff. They, it's going to be tough to to explain to me how all this stuff makes sense, but I'll give them the, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They've done it so far. It's almost like, Sham, like, like Kendall mentioned, like the Will Reeves stuff's paid off. And to me, the Will Reeves stuff paid off Primarily because of what they did last episode. It's almost like they needed a Vite episode. They needed a Vite episode where they kind of just laid it all out and didn't have to worry about juggling other storylines for I to, to me to truly feel still invested. Um, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I just feel like because we haven't gotten that, we've just gotten these drips and drabs of like random well not random moments because they they're, they're always at the beginning of whatever year we're looking at but the beginning of a new year of wherever he is it doesn't like it, it's just not enough for me to really get to, to really care anymore to be honest it's like all right this doesn't appear to have anything to do with what's happening on earth and what's happening on earth is really crazy right now like it's getting really intense so yeah. for me i feel like anything he's doing just is so in like it's so like it doesn't matter it's so insignificant. I feel like if had they given him... Cause I, I, I am almost certain that he will have a major factor in whatever is the resolution of the end of what's happening on Earth. That's my opinion. But yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like doing it the way they did it didn't quite work for me. I think they, I would have been better off had they given me a whole episode where we learn exactly what his deal is, how it ties into everything, and then have him show up and do whatever he does in the end. This formula i don't know if it worked yeah um and one thing i do want to do is contrast this with what they did in doomsday clock which i technically didn't finish but um, i am halfway through and uh vite is a central character in doomsday clock and i love what jeff johns has done with this character love Mm -hmm. it um so you know i think it just shows what you're able to do with a character like this now johns is also working with dc universe characters like lex luthor and batman and Sure. stuff so he has stuff like that to kind of help him but i mean it shows that vite stands up with those characters you know <laughs> you know so it is really you know he's really an asset and i i do feel like this season uh he has been underutilized to an extent so far now i do see that there we will i do agree with you that we will have some kind of major payoff in the end um i feel like we're gonna get answers as to why the the um, uh, Mr. Phillipses and all those other the clones are being why there's more of them every year it seems and you know why they're just kind of popping up all over the place and uh, I feel like we're gonna get answers for ev- all of these things but um, you know I think it's just it's just a matter of how much is the payoff gonna be you know but I guess we gotta wait and see yeah um, but all in all man what a show 
I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, this show has become appointment television. I'm glad we're covering it. I would have felt weird if we didn't decide to do Watchmen this week because of how massive this episode was in particular. Um, I, I'm I'm really stoked. I think if there was if, if there was another if they added launch, you know, now, as I say, how great it is. If I had to launch one other criticism, I would too. Um, I, I don't know if they if. It's kind of interesting because it kind of reminds me of the book, which is kind of ironic. But, like, in the end, like, the villain of the book, book is Vite. And while you can argue the book kind of, like, has you kind of going around in circles for a while until you eventually get to Vite as a villain in the end, I think this this show appears to be doing the same thing with Keen. But I'm almost wondering if somehow Lady True ain't they end up being the villain in all of this. Because as we've seen... In this episode, she hasn't. She is not the most upstanding person, either. You know, she, uh, she, you know, the, the Manhattan, you know, the Manhattan phone booths turn out just to be a way for her to get inside the minds of people in Tulsa. Um, you know, she has this weird thing where her mom, who's a kid, <laughs> like you know, like she, she's not a. She's a very morally compromised person. And because Keen to me, which we're going to get to, is the only one of the only weaknesses of the show. I don't think he's really been that compelling of a villain. I almost feel like it, maybe there's one last switcheroo coming that we don't see. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost, I'm almost, almost certain there is, because <laughs> um, that's just that's kind of one of those things that's kind of at the core of Watchmen as well. So um, something is absolute is, but I'm glad I don't because it's better that way. Kendall, yeah, Kendall. I mean, I think Lady True is on the side of good for now um, in the Seventh Calvary situation. But, again, don't be surprised, that, you know, when we get a season two that she and or Vite is the villain. Or maybe both of them. I don't know. Um, I, 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 seem, I, I, I feel like whatever her and Vite are doing, whatever, like, their plans are, I think they are aligned. Um, so you think what, what whatever's happening with him right now, you think is is directly connected connected. to what Lady True is trying to do? I think so because she has a statue of right in her thing. Yes, yes, and they they zoomed in on it multiple times throughout the season. They zoomed in on it this past week too. Like, and I mean, again, everything in the show is happy. Like, is shown for a reason. That seemed rather obvious, but Mm. like, I don't think that that's there for nothing. You know, maybe she just looks up to Vite, but and that's something that we'll get in the future. But like, I don't know. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, in some way, shape, or form, he's that they're related. Interesting. Um, let's uh, let, let's let's switch gears. Let's talk about uh, Titans. Um, whew, this season finale, guys. <laughs> Um, so we had this season finale of Titans. It was, it was called Nightwing, and I gotta be honest, uh, this this wasn't it, guys. This this was not it. Um, I, I felt like they just uh, pretty much for the second year in a row uh, threw away an entire season of development and and ended on just a complete stinker. I mean, the only thing that was better about this ending than I think the ending of last season was at least it did feel like a season finale but 
to me, the only redeeming quality of this episode was seeing Nightwing in the costume, actually going out there and actually throwing hands with De- with Deathstroke with the batons and everything. It's a great look. I thought the fight scene, like in terms of their movement and their their hand in combat, it looked great. Everything about that was fine. I felt like everything else that happened in the episode pretty much was a mess. Um, from the situation with Gar to uh, the Connor stuff, I was okay. I, I kind of was okay with how they got Connor out of his prison. But I, I think one killing off Deathstroke, massive mistake. Um, Deathstroke looked invincible, in, untouchable, and even fighting two people who are skilled. There's no way to me it's convincing. It's convincing to me that his daughter would be able to kill him. That to me did not work at all, and took a major uh, plus for the show off of the grid completely. And then the second one uh, was to me Donald Troy's death may be the worst death I've ever seen on any television show. Uh, and, and I've seen some terrible deaths, but correct me if I'm wrong, guys. But Donna Troy is an Amazonian, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. And the most high-profile Amazonian media that we have currently to at our fingertips is the movie Wonder Woman, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. And in that movie, the watershed, big-time, climax moment is when it's revealed that she's able to take electricity and use it against her opponents, correct? Yeah, I mean... So, so, so to me, it <laughs> seems about. odd that having that established as one of the... Uh, I don't... Iconic's not a word, because I don't think people love that ending, but it, it's, a, it's a very memorable moment about Wonder Woman that you would then have Donna Troy just die from holding a, a, a tower that was filled with electricity... I mean, that to me in itself was kind of ridiculous. And talk about just making your character look incredibly, incredibly weak. One, the way it was shot, it wasn't clear why she even needed to do that. Like, no, I guess they kind of cleaned it up by later saying, oh, like, you know, Dawn was, oh, she saved my life. It kind of looked like they were getting out of the way. So it was hard to tell who she was really saving. They probably could have all made it anyway. And it also seems not to make sense because, like, Connor could have easily if yeah. you're saying Donna Troy is so weak which is insane but she's so weak that she can't touch electricity well Connor could have easily stopped that thing and what would have been a great way to turn him around and give him like the, the public viewing of being a good guy than have him save those people like it was criminal to me the way they did that trailer and made it obvious that Donna Troy was going to die yeah. and to me to, to then see the way she died it just flat out ruined the season finale. To me, like at that, like the season finale was just dead on arrival. If I was giving it a grade, it'd be an F. This was horrendous, and it's it's a shame because it's the second season in a row where I feel like Titans headed in the right direction, and then it got to the season finale, and then just didn't know what to do. They wrapped up Deathstroke in a bizarre way. I don't know wh- why or how he knew where the Titans were, and when he started shooting them up, he just showed up out of nowhere, and Dick Grayson showed up out of nowhere. But I was like, but like you're able, almost able to get past that. You're like, okay, well, at least we're going to have a Deathstroke Nightwing fight, even though this is completely random. And then you kill off Deathstroke? And Jericho had nothing to do with it. Like, it, it, like man, this was a lot to take in. This was extremely disappointing. 
Yeah. Um, what I'll say is, look, the the Donna Troy thing, uh, I, I would probably say the worst that we had seen prior, the worst de- superhero deaths that we had seen in our uh, reviewing era uh, prior to prior to this one had been probably the Laurel Lance uh, and what's the guy's name? Damien Dark. Damien yeah, Dark. Damien Dark, Laurel Lance. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> the Damien Dark, <laughs> Laurel, Laurel Lance death. That was probably the worst one um, that we had seen. And this one, I think, is way worse than this it's one. It's way worse. It's not even in the same stratosphere. That's saying yeah, a lot. it's not even in the same stratosphere. But um, I guess, look, I, I the the only the only defense I'll give them with the whole electricity thing is that she's technically half Amazonian and you know Wonder Woman is also half, but she's half God. So I mean, you can make the case, you know, different different you know powers. But um, the whole way that they one like you mentioned, they, the fact that they telegraphed it in the in the trailer. Uh, I mean, I'm watching the whole episode just waiting for her to die, and I'm yeah. like, it's like, it was like, it was like, like Aqualad all over again. Like, I, it really I'm watching, awesome. waiting for her to die. And, then, like, every time you think it would make sense, like, oh, maybe hey, Deathstroke, Deathstroke would, maybe Deathstroke yeah. would give her a shot. They, oh, it can't be Deathstroke because she got to fight like, Superboy. Superboy kill oh, man, but Superboy right. may kill her. That might be kind of crazy. Beast Boy? Exactly. And then they're all, by the end of the episode, I'm like. They're all shaking like, hands. They're all hugging. You're like, I'm like. I'm like, right. yo, Blackfire going to come out of nowhere and, like, ice her or something? Like, what's going to happen? And then they just had this arbitrary thing fall. There was they there's still no explanation for why that happened, like why they included that. I am convinced that there is some behind the scenes reason why they had to write her off the show. There's either that or there the other idea that the only the only other thing that they that they could be doing is that they could be setting her up to become to be brought back to life by Raven. And then evolve into that Troya character that she eventually becomes in the comics. But like this like you really like you really have to do this lame way to go about that storyline. Like there are so many other ways they could have wrote that, even if that's what they want to do, than just have a have a you know a, a power line take her out. I mean that's just such a weak way to go out for such a, ca- a character that has so much history has been so good. I, I mean I think that uh, what's her name Connor Leslie yeah. has done a excellent job oh yeah she's absolutely and and funny because i'm watching the social media response and i mean i kind of learned very quickly she has a massive fan base for people who watch this show they're very she's one of the more popular characters and for good reason i mean when she arrived on the season last season it was one of the best episodes and her kind of sticking around was she was a great addition to the show um it just it's it's mind boggling, but I know you have the hope that she'll come back, Kendall. But the reason why I also you know I kind of hinted at it last week when I spoke about it. I mean, she was on social media months ago. Like, damn, I can't believe I'm leaving Vancouver, man. This has been so real. This is like my family here. This feel like this is my home. I don't know what I'm gonna do after this, but I'm a, I'm gonna I'm love it either way. Thank you. And it was like, now this was I think before the season came out. It might have been right when the season began. And, like, that doesn't mean the characters can get killed off. Like, they could just be, you know, maybe they're not there for next season or whatever. Maybe this show's moving. Like, you know, you don't know what the deal is. Uh, but when you couple that with, like, showing the freaking lasso next to the casket in the trailer, I mean, just stuff like that is just, like, I mean, they yeah, gave that's... this character no respect. 
Yeah, killed him off in a terrible way. You told you told you told that Reggie can get killed off in the trailer. Yeah, that trailer was buffoonery. It was just crazy. There's no other way to describe it. I mean, like, unless unless that was the plan. If the plan was, look, we're gonna put it out there. You know, whoever cut the trailer, whoever's editing it, and you know the people, the you know tens of people that probably saw the trailer before it got released, they were like, right, yeah, you can see the lasso, but no one's gonna notice and. Who cares if they do? It's just Donna Troy. If that's what the plan was, then that's fine. But if they if they're okay with that, all right. But that's just it's just foolishness to to put that out there. Um, I think. Look, I think the rest of the episode was all right. But as, as I told Shamari, the episode that finale should have been twenty five minutes. Should have been a thirty minute episode. Everything after like the first half hour just didn't have to be there. Completely unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I overall, I agree with you guys. I think this finale left a lot to be desired. Um, I mean, I, I had a lot of issues outside of what you guys mentioned. I mean, I thought the Beast Boy thing. Yeah, Shamari I, mentioned I mean, Beast Boy. I mean, I mentioned that. Kendall knows I mentioned that several times. Where I'm like, yo, what happened to, <laughs> I mean, he killed how many people? And there's no rip, there's no repercussions. No he one's worried about. He didn't go to jail. He didn't get locked up. They didn't deprogram him. <laughs> like, yo, is he still programmed? Yeah. We don't know. Raven yeah. just did touched him or something, and that's it. No <laughs> one's gonna say nothing. Raven's you power know? this season are so unexplainable. Yeah, Raven, Raven's like broken, but I'm just like, look, hopefully we get some kind yeah, of payoff so, for that. I, I think even she knows she's broken because she's like, yo, I'm yeah. gonna go on the plane. And Dick's like, for what? He's like, yo, man, maybe I can resurrect her. I don't know. I don't know what my powers can do. Why not? And Dick's like, I mean, hey, why, I mean, why not? I don't know what you can do yeah. either. Like, it's almost like, it's crazy. Like, she, even she knows, like, her powers are broken. So she's just like, yeah, I can go. I mean, let me pull up. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Let me do some, you know, do some magic. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was very unsatisfied with how they treated his his whole plot with, uh, with Cadmus and, and, and everything with that. Um, I mean, I didn't like how at the end Bruce Wayne is just chilling at the at the Titans Tower and he's just like, yeah, I'm Batman. And they know he's Batman. And I'm like, Bruce Wayne would never do that. That was weird. Too. Bruce yeah. Wayne would never, ever. Ju- he wouldn't just show up and let Dick Grayson be like, oh, well, you know, we all have histories with capes. And I know what it's like growing up with someone. I'm just like, dad. So now they all just know he's Batman. And that's well, just, to be fair, I mean, to be fair, don't they all know that they're using Wayne tech, though? Like, to me, that was always the to me, that was always the giveaway that he was clearly Batman. Oh really? Okay. Right, because I, mean, I, I knew I knew Donna knew because they had that whole scene last season. Right, which was an excellent scene. Um, uh, but I, I always was under the impression that like, because I think I almost think that when uh, when Dick left uh, Beast Boy, I think he told him, "Hey, just call call Bruce Wayne or call Batman." Uh, but I think it was okay. clear that it was Bruce Wayne. I, I do feel like they've kind of been very um, cavalier with Batman's secret identity. Have honestly, um, yeah. This season, I mean, it's, more than Young Justice. Like Young Justice is very smart. Yeah. Yes, I like how Young Justice was like, oh, like you know, like he had Dick Grayson wear his sunglasses when he's around the team because he doesn't want anyone to even know what his face looks like. Like little, like they have little things that were really smart. Where this this episode didn't care about it at all, and I, mean, I was willing to give them a break because I just they've been doing it all season. That like yeah, in theory, yes, I agree with you, Mark. Like it's kind of ridiculous. He's just having family dinner with them, and they talk about him being Batman, and he's just okay with it. But, I mean, they, they went this far already. They had him, even though now we don't know if it was even him. He summoned them as Bruce Wayne to that place, uh, Elko, even though now we know it wasn't him. I I'm guess. actually glad it wasn't him. Because yeah, me too. That, that didn't make sense for me when it happened. I was like, 
What's he yeah, doing? Yeah, I think you guys mentioned that. That didn't make sense. Yeah, I'm like, um, like, why, why are you even here? Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, even so, I had a lot of different. There were a lot of a lot of moments in this episode where I'm just like, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense. That Donna Troy. That, I mean, that Donna Troy scene was just laughing. I mean, I was just I was laughing, <laughs> and Kendall was just laughing, and Kendall's like, "Are you kidding me?" And I'm just like. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I don't know why. That's clearly, I mean, when you see a death like that, you just think, okay, it's a contract, some kind of negotiation. Uh, Absolutely. We're going to see her. She's going to pop up on some CBS. Yeah, she's going to pop up on some other show. Where she, like, oh, there she is. Yeah, some kind of agent was like, listen, she's got other stuff she's got to do. Find some way because she's not doing another season. And they're like, oh, okay, I guess we got to find a way. Definitely. And they just... It was something lazy, quick, that they had no time, and it's very, very disappointing. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was, overall, it was just really, it was very lazy, you know? I mean, and but there were things I liked. I loved Nightwing's costume. I liked the scenes with Jericho. I thought, it was, I mean, he's a great, he's a great actor. I love that you know, kid, so, yeah. I mean, he did, he did a wonderful job. I mean, the other actors and actresses didn't do a bad job. They all did good jobs. Um, but it's just the, it's just the, the lazy writing. You know, it's just very, really, really lazy, you know, not tying up loose ends, not, you know, not and not only not tying stuff up, but, you know, just straight up ignoring stuff. Like, is that Beast Boy thing even going to come back next season? I don't even know. It seemed like they're just ignoring it. Is so is creation still a wanted criminal. Yeah, I mean, he broke out of prison. Yeah, exactly. So he can't have a life now. So what? I mean, so there's a lot of stuff that's just like. I feel like I feel like this is stuff that's just not going to be addressed. Nope, it won't be. You know, it doesn't seem like it's ever going to be addressed, and we're just going to have to live with the fact that it's never going to be dealt with. So that stuff, that stuff you never want in a show, but I feel like that's just what's going to happen in uh, season three. Yeah, it's a shame because um, I, I do think that Titans over the course of the season had one thousand percent when going towards the right direction. It seemed to me, you guys can jump in and disagree or agree. It seemed to me that this show kind of fell off the rails this season a little bit once Dick went to prison. Like, once they made that decision, I just don't know if they ever really... Yeah, the Jericho episode was like the last good episode. Yeah. Yeah, that was... that was. In, it seemed like once we got past that episode... I think even the week after that was okay. But I think once we got to episode 10 falling... Uh, where Dick is in prison and he's trying to help, you know, undocumented immigrants and he's fighting Mexican gangs, like, like that stuff just was it, it was gone. The show had completely lost itself, and you didn't really know it lost itself because because they built such a strong season up to that point. Like you kind of didn't realize how much they fell off the rails until this this finale when you, you realize they're just throwing stuff on the table. I mean, again, I'm still trying to figure out how Deathstroke knew where they were going. Why he just showed up randomly, and then how Dick Grayson just showed up randomly? Like it was just to me that was such a bizarre. Like this is like was supposed to be your main. That was my other problem too. Like I don't know. How, like to me, like this is almost like wrestling booking. Like anybody who knows you know, anything about wrestling knows that you put your big main event final match at the end of the show. It's your main event. How on earth is Deathstroke versus Nightwing the the the, the lead off of this show? <laughs> That's like putting The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in the beginning of WrestleMania 15. Like, I mean, we like Beast Boy, we like Superboy, we like Cadmus, but th- this whole season was centered around Deathstroke dismantling the team. 
even putting him in that spot where he shows up randomly in some random fight in an alley. There's no plan that, that is in place. He's he's literally stopping them from doing another plan. Like, no thought, no kind of storytelling behind it. Just pure laziness in terms of how they put Death, Deathstroke into that episode and then put him in the beginning of the show. And they killed him. Like, I, I can't believe the lack of care they put into this. And then speaking of do, using wrestling analogy for another instance, how they did Donna Troy, to me, was like when you want to bury a wrestler. Like, Vince McMahon does that all the time. Like, you want to make a wrestler look bad and you want to send him off TV? Have him get, like, killed, beat off, beat up in, like, a terrible way and then just write him off and we don't have to see him for a couple of months. Like, that's what they did to Donna Troy. They, they, they just, they buried Donna Troy and they buried Deathstroke when they spent the whole season building up that stroke. I couldn't believe what they did in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just really disappointing. I, I mean, and uh, another thing about the old Deathstroke death is, I mean, it didn't, he was great this season, but you never, you never got, I mean, it wasn't, it, it wasn't the same payoff that you got in say when Deathstroke came back in arrow the last time and he was just slaughtering guys and hallways I mean, he had fight scenes that could really honestly stand up to really any fight scene that I've seen mm-hmm. in any comic book show, you know, the, well, that I, he had in that yeah. last season. I don't think we got that from him. We didn't get the, that amount of payoff for Deathstroke for you to kill him off so early. Because I, I was kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, geez, I was hoping to see more of him. You know, I was hoping to see, you know, more of him so I could really see Deathstroke, like, go off on, like, either the Titans or just anybody else. You know, but we just never got it. Yeah, I mean, we're never going to get it. It's like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, Shamari, it felt like they were, like, his character being great up to this point. It felt like they were building towards something, building towards those moments. And then it just, and on a stinker, it was, uh, you're you're right, using the word disappointing. It is um, extremely disappointing how how that season ended. And to the point where I'm kind of shocked. And I'm kind of, honestly, uninterested. Like, season three? I can't sit here and say I'm excited for season three. Yeah, Blackfire, I have no excitement for that. No, none at all. And I'm, Great, and, I mean, and I'm, I'm a Dick Grayson. I, I you guys, have, the Nightwing is one of my top five favorite superheroes. And Nightwing is officially on a TV show. And he will be Nightwing moving forward, and I have zero interest <laughs> in the show because of how the end of the season, and it, with the, what they tease us with with Star with Blackfire. Yeah, they look. They'll they'll get people to watch season three, whether it be through, you know, adding you know new characters in season three. I don't know who's gonna be. I don't know if they're gonna tease. Uh, you know, I mentioned to Shamaris maybe some rumblings that uh, Calder's uh, Aqualad could be uh, in this show going forward at some point. Um, but like they could, they you know they could throw in. Roy Harper, you know, we still haven't seen a kid flash, so they can do things with this show, but um, it just, I don't know. I, I just don't trust that the writers can, like, aren't going to do some goofy nonsense, because that's what they did in this last episode. In this last couple episodes, it's just been very goofy. And it's unfortunate because the, 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 the first eight episodes, I mean, there were some ups and downs, but it was a very, very—I I would say—it was a very solid season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the 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 conclusion really, really sputtered. Uh, let's wrap the show, guys. Talking about Supergirl, um, I feel like Supergirl, unlike Titans, is has picked up the pace. 
And I feel like the last time we spoke about Supergirl, I think we all kind of said that they needed to pick up the pace. That they were kind of spinning their wheels a little bit. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that, uh, you know, this is kind of ratcheting up with, with Crisis coming up. But they certainly turned it up with these last three or four episodes that uh, that, that I watched this past week. So, um one the really the last few ones really dealt with really really full on with Leviathan really finally posing themselves as a threat and actually doing stuff as we see them. While I love I really did enjoy almost all of these episodes. Did anyone else feel like Leviathan in the end came off very weak? I, I feel like they did. Um their leader, Ramakan is defeated not easily, but I mean he's he's clearly defeated. Um, well, multiple, is he? The, would, times. Do you consider him the leader? He, he said he was the leader. He's not the leader anymore. Like clearly he's been he's been benched or <laughs> demoted. But, but he was that's, their that's leader. The thing. Like I feel like they have more in the tank. Oh yeah, they, no, that's my thing. I totally think that we haven't seen the worst of them yet. And I mean, I say the worst, I mean the best. Like we haven't seen like their heaviest of hitters or the heaviest of hitter plans yet. I just feel like their initial interaction, okay, we're putting ourselves into the fold, not very good. Uh, we learned that uh, Andrea is a, you know, has the powers and she's now, an, she's also an assassin. But, um, you know, she's kind of unable to do simple things like go into the DEO and break out the guy. It took like the help of Lena, who then, you know, jacks her for the pet, for the medallion. And when old lady, you know, grandma, gra- granny goodness, <laughs> like a rare term, pulls up to get it back, she can't even get it back. And 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 then and then Khan can't get the tr- can't get the thing back. Like a lot of good I want to talk about this show, but with Leviathan being the main villain, I did think I did have to point out that they have not impressed me so far. Um. Yeah. So I so I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna be the negative Nancy here. I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Really. No, Shamari's no. the Scrooge, man. Yeah, man, I'm the I'm the Scrooge, bro. I, I'm not feeling it, man. I am not feeling it. I mean, you guys know so, how I feel about the you guys know how I feel about the Lena Luther stuff. Okay, we'll get to Lena in a second. But yeah, first, we'll get, we'll do get you feel? It. What do you feel? Or do you feel negatively about Leviathan as I do, or even uh, more so? Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Oh, probably more so. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you know, I mean, I agree with that, basically everything you said. I mean, this guy, what was his name, Ramakan or something? I he's mean, a bu- I, he's I, a bumbling I, idiot. I just finished watching, you know, what however many hours of this guy, um, you know, this guy dressed in some kind of like looks like some kind of like Roman, like <laughs> Roman suit that you get out of Party City. Like, what is he even? Yeah, what he, is he wearing? Yeah, he was he just pulled up to like to the to the you know the obvious tourist attraction. Nobody yeah, nobody like, was like, yo, fam, what are you wearing? This guy showed up. He just came from the Ren Fair, you know. Showed up <laughs> at at you know showed up at some kind of high tech place, and no one's staring at him. I'm like, yo, what's this guy wearing? <laughs> you know, like walking around in just normal civilization, and like I'm just like, this is this is like, I don't know. So I'm I'm not a fan of Leviathan, um, at all. So I mean, hopefully the next the next Leviathan person is going to be better than this guy, but I mean, so far they're not showing me nothing. Um, I mean the. Uh, I mean, honestly, the best thing that I can say, based on everything I've seen so far, is uh, you know the hint that we've got that Lex is going to be in crisis in, uh, on some level. Yes, he will. Um, uh, at the end of at the end of the last episode, but but I mean, 
I mean, there's other stuff. I mean, you got. Uh, the, I mean, I like and I like the Rojas backstory. I thought that was cool. I like um, yeah, I like the Rojas backstory too. But uh, though, even that I was kind of like you know she was like she was like mustache twirly like. I mean, she was a. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what she how she was, but she was like a. You know, she was she was a terrible person. Right. A, f- a couple episodes ago, and now all of a sudden she's like this sympathetic character. I'm just like, eh. I mean, I know there's supposed to be grays mm-hmm. in life and all that stuff, but it's just like, yo. Here's why know, I give them a little bit of a break on that because I thought about the same thing, but and I think this was kind of clever how they did it. They clearly made Leviathan as a kind of thing in her life. That kind of just seems to just pop up in the worst moments. Um, they, she amasses a lot of power. She amasses a lot of money through their efforts, through their shadowy, murderous efforts. And then they kind of just disappear and they reappear when they need her to do something. To me, I could totally understand that, like, you being jaded by the money, power, and respect and not really dealing with these dudes from you no. Know, not even yearly in some instances, like really like, you know, maybe every two years or so they make show up and, you know, throw something in your life. That's terrible. But I could, I could see like that person who was entitled, who is, is only working with these terrible people for the money, power and respect. I can see like how she could become, how could she could still be the person she was. But then like when these people show up, be like, oh man, like these guys are monsters. And like, I don't want to do anything they're doing. Like, I just care about my money and my dad and my dad. Like, I, I, I don't know how Kendall feels. I, I was willing to give him a pass on that. I thought they set that up right. Now, if she was an agent of Leviathan the whole time, and she, she'd been tortured by them through doing all these terrible acts this whole time, then I would feel differently. But to me, it was like, no, all she was doing was just trying to just amass her riches. And then it was only when these people showed up that then her life became miserable. So I was okay with that. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, overall, I didn't convince you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, uh, no. I mean, I, I just I wasn't feeling it. I, I'm not feeling, you know, what I'm seeing from Supergirl right now. I mean, Supergirl is, is, uh, you know, she's being, she's, you know, being Supergirl, and I mean, she's gonna do what she's gonna do. But you know, this Lena stuff. You know, you guys know how I feel about the Lena, and she's just like nothing you can say will ever change my mind. And da da, it's just like okay. You know, your friend lied, but she clearly had a good reason, you know, but she, oh, they showed the backstory with her and how all the stuff with her and when she was growing up and da da da. I'm like, that doesn't change. That didn't convince me. That didn't make me understand Lena's perspective. You know, you just, you're, it doesn't, it make me agree. It makes me agree with what Alex's first, first thought on the, on the matter was, which is she's bugging and she needs to be stopped. Yo, I gotta say, man, and Kendall, you could chime in. I thought Alex was the MVP. That monologue, I wanted to give her a standing ovation. She, she, I, I never seen a character speak more truth <laughs> in a TV show. She was speaking so much truth. She was, yo, it was pure. It was no cap in anything like, she duh. was saying. Like, and to me, it and, was like anything and, that like Shamari and other viewers have been saying for almost and, years now. And yo, I was gonna say, I've been saying that since season one about Supergirl. It's like, yo, Supergirl. I get it. She's supposed to be the bubbly, positive, optimistic, blah blah blah. But <laughs> someone needs to tell her, yo, you can't be bubbly about everything. Go watch Arrow, you know, go, you know, watch The Flash. You know, you can't just be all, I can do it. No, you can't. Sometimes you can't see them. At this point, she's interacting <laughs> with those characters. You know, like, yeah. you've had all these crossovers, and she still doesn't, like, yeah. you know, channel that. Like, The Flash still at least reference, like, I got to be, you know, I'm not Oliver. Or, you know, sometimes I got to be like Oliver, this, that, and the other thing. Like, that's not even a thing with Super. Yeah, it doesn't feel like those 
those episodes have had the impact on her that you would think. Like, it has clearly had a lot of impact on Oliver and Barry, but she hasn't seen a reference those times because she definitely needed... Like, I mean, Alex was acting to me very much like Oliver. Like, like treating her like, look, I, I, I want this not to be as bad as it was, too, but that doesn't mean uh, she's not an imminent threat with how she's acting. Yeah, and, no. and, and she ain't no angel. She's been lying to us the whole time, too. Which yeah, I was like, yo, it. finally someone getting at Lena for all her effery and actually... <laughs> Speaking up, yo, like she's talking about you just not being Supergirl, not telling her. This this, this chick had rain in her basement and didn't tell nobody. Like Lena has not been an upstanding person at all. To the point where, if you're the viewer, her killing Lex wasn't that crazy. Like it's crazy to like to to the people who have been working with her, like who have known her. But like to us, I don't think any one of us was surprised when she iced Lex. She shown she was a cold person to begin with. It's just a question of whether or not she was truly going to go over the edge. Right. Yeah, nah. Um, yeah, I mean, the Lena Luthor storyline for me, I, I agree with Shamari that it's getting pretty tired at this point. Um, just because I, I just feel like this is just such a massive overreaction that, I mean, I guess they're trying to tell the story that, like, look, she's, a, she's at heart, she's a Luthor. But, like, it feels anti- it goes like it runs counter to what they've what they've done the rest of the series with her character yeah. that yeah, she's supposed true. to not be a Luthor. She, she's a Luthor in name only, but she's not like Lex. She's I not think, like her mother. I think they're trying to make want, you. Go ahead, they're trying to make us feel bad, and it's like I don't feel bad. Yeah, I don't I, feel bad. Right. So that's the thing. I was going to say. And Alex that. pointed it out. She's like, "You lied to protect her." And Supergirl's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Yeah." Why do you feel bad? Yeah. So that's the thing. I don't it's, feel bad for her. <laughs> so that's you the know? thing. And Shan makes a good point there. I think that to me, I would argue they're not trying to tell you that she's a Luthor, though. Alice says that line. I think the 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 I think that what they're trying to get across, and this is a very damaged person, and she's damaged through her upbringing. She's damaged through her interactions with people she cares about and how they've affected her outlook on life. And the, then the answer basically becomes, are you convinced in that or are you not convinced in that? Shamari, for one, clearly is not convinced in that. Um, I am not convinced in it either, but I don't think that necessarily they're supposed to be that convincing. Like, I think they're trying to—I think this, to me, is a clear heel turn. And— I don't think this is like the Joker, so to speak, where you're like, oh, well, like, look at, like, so, like, poor Lena. I think you are supposed to be like, yo, she's, she's wildin' and this is wrong. I don't know. If, now, you could argue, is that good television? And then that's a different mm-hmm. conversation. I enjoy these characters, these episodes, and these interactions with her and Kyra. Um, but I can see someone like Shamari feeling like this is stupid because Kara didn't do, did nothing wrong. And I don't, I agree. I don't think Kara did anything wrong either. But, I think Lena is acting villainous, and that's the point, you know? Now, EJ, you brought up something that I had not thought about, but you and you, you joked uh, about the one Leviathan lady being Granny Goodness. Do you think that that's a possibility? That they could be going with her as Granny Goodness, and we um. don't know yet. I mean, because the only, the only, super, yeah, the only Superman theme. I mean, not the only, but one of the major Superman uh, themes or Superman, you know, elements that they have not touched on is apocalypse at all. 
the only it's the only thing bigger than like Luthor. Right. Which they have touched on. So I guess the only reason why I would say no is because I mean this I mean this granny looks so weak. Again. <laughs> that again, like she couldn't even beat Lena Luthor. Like Lena Luthor right. was like, Yeah, pull up. <laughs> and then they, they, she couldn't beat her. And then, he, and then he's getting yelled at by Rama Khan. I, I can't. To me, like Granny Goodness is way too powerful. Yeah, she wouldn't get like, yelled at. To she wouldn't get yelled at like that by yeah, Rama yeah, Khan. Yeah, yeah, kind of crap from Rama Khan. So I'm gonna say no, but I don't think it's out of the question. It could just be poor writing that they would allow Granny Goodness to look that weak. Right. Unless maybe know. Darkseid is telling her, "Hey, look like you're a human," because we need. I need you to do whatever. I don't think it's completely out of the question, but like that's the one thing that makes me kind of say no because she looked so weak in that scene. <laughs> Right. She fires her blaster and nothing happens. She's like, oh, guys, I got to retreat. It, yeah. It's like, Granny Goodness would, Good would have blown through that shield and just choked out Lena Luthor with one hand. Like, it would have been a two-second death. So that, that, to me, tells me maybe not. But I don't know. It, uh, it's wishful thinking to think that Darkseid is going to be uh, involved in any aspect of the season. But um, I don't know. I just feel like there has to be something with Leviathan that we don't know. That is major, but none of it makes sense. And I mean, all this, you know, the guy, the earth bending, and like, I, I don't care about any of this stuff, man. Yeah, I don't. Why are they calling him an earthbender? I mean, I watch <laughs> yeah. Avatar. That yeah, that was, that was, yeah, that was, that was offensive much. to me. Like, don't call this guy an earthbender. You know, like, what, like, what, we don't know what he, he, they just gave him this, this godlike backstory. And I'm like, why? You're going to beat this guy in two episodes? Right. Why are you making him this, like, demigod? I hope I hope the rest of them aren't like this. I mean, Ramakhan I, now Ramakhan is a, a true DC villain. You know, man, they, he's they, not they, a big villain, they, they but he is a red villain. Tornado treatment. They gave him the red tornado treatment of just complete cartoony, like Looney Tunes, like get this guy off the screen. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's like like to me like again like it's crazy like he was like I've been running this earth for millions of years. And I'm like that seems impossible because oh I'm like you're doing a bad job now. <laughs> like I don't know how like like you must be like like you, like it's like yo you need to retire fam because like clearly you lost it because you've been like controlling everything that happens on Earth for millions of years and like here like you can't even take out Lena Luthor like it's, it's, <laughs> it just seems like you know you you've gone way beyond your death at this point and maybe it's time where, to hang it up. Where you been for the last five seasons or whatever you know Earth almost got abducted like how many times and he so, played, I don't know. he don't know anything about Crisis so clearly he don't he he don't know about that. Your Earth, his Earth's about to be destroyed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of issues uh, with uh, Supergirl so far, but I mean, I, I mean, I haven't hated everything. I mean, the the Martian Manhunter stuff has been decent, um, you know, which I'm glad because it's much better than the the you know Manchester Black stuff that he yeah when, yeah when he brought up Manchester Black I just started laughing. You know? <laughs> like I, I haven't been this long since I killed Manchester Black. Chester, I'm like, oh god, don't, uh-huh. don't even going back to that. <laughs> like, don't even bring that up. But then, yeah, this is this thing with his brother has been a lot better than I feel like. This is like the opposite of what happened with John Diggle and his brother. Um, I feel like this is like just the, Andy Diggle. But yeah, with Andy Diggle, this is way better than the Andy Diggle stuff. This this Malefic stuff is like Malefic is like the anti Andy Diggle. Phil Lamar has done a good job. Yeah, he has. He did a good job. I don't know how long, much longer he's going to be in the show, but. He did a good job with Malefic. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. It was cool. Um, it, at, for me, like Malefic is such a big watch Manhunter villain. It's odd to me to see him like come to you know 
come to grips with being cool with his brother, <laughs> brother like, yeah. so quickly. Like, I, I was waiting for him to turn, and I was like, wow, this really isn't going to happen. Yeah, I thought he was going to be the villain the whole season. And, and that, that never happened, so it's a little different, but but sometimes different isn't bad. And I, I it was a, it was a heartwarming moment to see him save the world and then really truly connect with his brother. Like, sometimes it, it's okay to have those moments. Like, it's kind of like what we had with, the like, Captain Cold and Heat, Heat Wave, you know? Yeah. People who are typical villains that we look at in our heads, but like they give them a different story and something that's been, you know, fruitful. So I, I would agree. I, it was surprising to me, but I, I was overall okay with it. Yeah, and yeah. how and how everything with Man, with Manchester and then oh, yeah. John and then his father. I'm like, you know, give him something. Yeah, he needed you know? a win. He needed a win badly. <laughs> I, I'm just surprised they gave him his arch villain to give him a win, but I'm glad he did get it. Yeah, I, I, this season, I don't know why. I mean, it, again, it just it hasn't been as offensive to me as it was to Sham. Um, I, I thought the Confidence Women episode, which was the, the Lena-Andrea backstory, was 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 pretty solid. Um, yeah, I mean, Ramakan didn't work as a as a villain. But I, I, I say what you want about Lena and the, and the Kara stuff. I think that those scenes were acted very well. By uh, by Melissa Benos and Katie McGrath, I think they really have great uh, chemistry. And while Lena is tripping, I don't think that any of us can deny that she was believable in her rage at Supergirl and how she was acting. It just seems ridiculous how she's acting, but I, I thought that those scenes were acted well. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think like their chemistry, I think the chemistry of the cast has kind of allowed me to kind of get through this. I'm, one thing I am glad, I am glad they didn't break up uh, Alex and her girlfriend, um, Jimmy's sister. That's another person that they don't, she, Alex don't need no more losses. <laughs> like that's what I'm setting that up. I'm like, yo fam, we can't be going through this again. Yeah, like, Alex, gonna, Alex yeah, just got back on her what? feet and now they're going to give her another L. Like, so I'm glad it seems like they're, yeah. they're moving away from that because I got worried. Yeah, I was about to say, like, yo, is this going to be an every season thing where she just meets someone new and then it doesn't work out? You know, I'm like, I'm getting t- I'm starting to get tired of seeing her just get her heart broken. Seems like that's like a constant that's like a constant thing now with her. And it's just like, why? Why can't she just have somebody, you know, and that's just what that's just who she's with, for, yeah. you know, at least for a while, you know, like, geez, it's like she meets someone and then that same season, it just doesn't work. Um, Last thing on this. uh we got Nash Wells in this episode, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which that was, was weird. the the crisis tie-in. Yeah, Phoenix of crisis, yep. Um, that was completely random. I feel like if you're watching Supergirl, and you don't watch those shows. You're probably like, "What the f did I just watch?" But uh, Nash Wells um, talks about how he's found this wall and that it's been his mission to kill this person. I assume he's talking about the monitor, but I don't. I couldn't know for sure. He said he's followed him through different multiverses. And then the wall cracks and some crazy blinding light. So you guys have any thoughts on what that was or what was happening? I don't got much. No idea. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Like like I said, going into, uh, or I said last week, um, he's going to be like, you know, we talked about how he's he's Nash Wells, but uh, he's supposed to be playing uh, Pariah. Who you know was featured in the original story, so I guess he's gonna be undergoing some sort of transformation. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I could have sworn in the trailer he's wearing some kind of new garb. Green. 
Yeah, yeah he's yeah. wearing like some green garb. Yeah, so, um, but I believe when I saw, I because I saw pictures like stills, and I believe he was in like Star Labs and stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Or either Star Labs or, the, or he was on Gideon or whatever it's called. I, remember, I haven't seen Legend of Tomorrow in like three years, so I don't remember what their ship's called. But uh, like I, I don't know if it, he was with like Heroes, so I don't know if he's gonna be evil, but. Um, I don't know if he's going after monitor or anti monitor, but um, yeah, I think we'll he, could be going he he very well could be going after the anti monitor. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea what um, what Nash Wells is up to, um, but I mean this crisis thing, this is going to be huge. Um, so Lex I honestly, Luthor's I can't. Back. Yep, we got Lex Luthor back, which that 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 excited me. That made me go whoa. Which I mean, I kind of got spoiled for that just because the internet. I just go on the internet and I just see Lex Luthor. I'm just like, oh, okay. But either way, even so, seeing that was still like very exciting. Yeah, that, I was I was also excited to see Lex back. I mean, I knew he was gonna be back in that episode because it says like get starring John Cryer. So I'm like, oh, hope okay. ooh, I'm like, ooh, hope this isn't a, a flashback. I'm hoping it was something you know for the future. And it turned yeah. off, you know, it was. I mean, you know, you know, we've been working under the assumption that he's dead, but he we we know he's not. We saw him get taken away. By the monitor last season, so um, right, and the monitor also uh, he had a little chat with John. I mean, uh, with, with yeah, with John, I mean, he spoke to him about how yeah, yeah, dude, yep. this whole brother thing was me testing you, which you know, very very much in character. For yeah, the very in character for him. Just you know, car- cartoonish like. Marshman was like, "What are you talking about?" And he gives no answers. Yeah, like, you'll find <laughs> out soon. But now that I see you're a great warrior. Get ready for what's coming up next. And it's like uh, okay, but um, yeah. that, I mean, the one thing I will say is like, while it, again it was vintage monitor and like he's not a favorite amongst this show, I did, I do like the foreshadowing that perhaps John will be a big factor in Crisis. I don't, I don't want him to die, but uh, if, but like the idea that like, to me there will end up being central figures who end up saving the day outside of. Oliver and Barry, you know who those people will be would be interesting because there's a million characters. There's Batwoman, there's Supergirl, there's all of the legends. Um, there's a bunch of Supermen. Like, I, what I hope it's like that was a scene that kind of foreshadowed that this is going to be a big moment, perhaps for John, who I think as Martian Manhunter really does need it. We talked about how he needed to win with his brother, but I think he kind of needs it as Martian Manhunter too. Cause yeah, he, we we can't forget he is Marshman. Yeah, and I think he kind of do lose track of it on this show a lot because so much of his work isn't him being like you know leader of the Justice League or whatever. So I, I would like to see like John a superhero moment like come up big, and I'm hoping that maybe this was a foreshadowing that we'll get that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully it is. I mean, I was kind of hoping to see him as Martian Manhunter in at least one of these episodes, but he didn't transform once. No, <laughs> so, so I mean, hopefully we get that in crisis. Yeah, I mean, it's to me, it's very clear that they they have a budget in terms of how much they could use that CG because they don't use it very much. Yeah, they they haven't been using it much this season. It's like uh, they really sure. couldn't get like a good makeup team to just make him be Martian Manhunter with makeup. Like, do they have like the fact that they feel like they had to do so much of the CG stuff? Martian Manhunter doesn't yeah. feel like a character. A character had to be CGI. 
I don't know. They tried Red Tornado. Yeah, I was, like, I was about to say the exact same thing. Oh. I was like, yeah, I mean, you'd think so. Red Tornado is a robot, so that already was kind of foolish. But yeah. Or it's like Android. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, unless you have, like, a Star Wars budget. That's what I'm know? thinking. Like, Star Wars. But even, like, The Mandalorian is <laughs> ridiculous budget. They have some puppy characters and some, you know, costume characters. Versus, yeah. 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 yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, you're right that they did not. They have not given us a lot of confidence in their makeup and costume team, considering what they did with Red Tornado. But it just, I think it's hurting the idea that you're gonna yet to me you forget that he's Martian Manhunter, and um, hopefully we'll get that fixed in Crisis. Um, but that does it for this episode, New Generation Hero Talk. We are heading towards the big CW crossover, Crisis on Infinite Earth. So. Um, Any bold predictions for Crisis? Uh, we will see Titans in Crisis. Mm, that's pretty bold. That's pretty bold. And it's been rumored already, though. Did they, they, they based some denials that that will actually happen? Uh, said we'll get no Gotham. Although there have been some rumors about Gotham showing up. You said that. You said Dave Mazus will be in, will be in it. You said? No, he he denied it. Oh, he denied it. Yeah, he said not. I don't listen to anything Dave Mazus says about. Because he just makes stuff up. <laughs> so the stuff he says is wrong, is right, stuff he's right, is wrong. I think he likes playing around with the fans. So I don't know if we'd ever know one way or the other. Ah, man, I don't know. I think... Here's the one thing I will say is... I don't know if Oliver Queen is going to die. Really? Yeah, I think I think somehow the future is gonna be changed somehow. I just don't see I don't see them leaving Oliver in such a clear like just such a like non happy ending. Like I understand that character, like maybe perhaps like it's realistic for him not to have anything near close to happy ending. But this just seems way too dark even for Oliver. That's just like, yeah, he's gonna risk his life, he's gonna save the world, but nobody's gonna know about it and it'll be the end of him. I feel like someone's going to make a game-changing decision that will affect how this all ends up. Maybe it is Martian Manhunter, or maybe it's someone else. I don't know. But I think that Oliver and Barry will somehow survive Crisis. But that means we may lose someone else big. And like I said, I think Martian Manhunter is a, sadly a decent pick. Because he sent his brother off. You know, he's, he's every, got they've done every Martian Manhunter storyline. Like, like what more does he really have to do? Like, he would make sense to be someone who somehow may sacrifice himself instead of Oliver or instead of Barry to save the universe. Like, I could see that happening. He's taught um, Al, he's taught Alice everything she knows. He's taught Kara everything he knows. She knows as a hero. Like, I mean, his story is done. You know, he, now he's just around, which is fine. I, I we love having him around, but. Um, I'm not going to predict he's going to die. I'm just saying, I think someone will make a sacrifice that will save Barry and Oliver, but maybe, of course, we'll lose them. I, I think there's going to be some character that we didn't know that was going to be in there. What I don't know if it's in, more than a name drop, maybe even a, 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 but a, a direct reference or a direct Easter egg or a direct link to a character or even a character showing up that we didn't know was going to be in it, that was going to be in it, that's going to break the internet. Uh, Swamp Thing's going to show up. Yeah, 
I uh, have my doubts that it's Swamp Thing. But <laughs> along those lines. That yeah, Doom, Doom Patrol or something. Yeah, I think there's got to be one. I, I don't disagree with that. I think there's got to be Even if it's Green Lantern, for example. Like, Hal Jordan shows. I mean, he may not be Green Lantern. I don't know. But, like, something's going to happen that, like, we're not even <clears throat> thinking about. Because everything's been too leaked. Everything's been too... Everything's been theorized. It's going to be... That, like, you would think that at this point, nothing's going to surprise people because everything's on the table. Mm-hmm. But I feel like whatever is going to happen is still going to surprise people on some level. Well, well, we have less than a week, pretty much, to figure out what that will be. So I'm excited. I know you guys are excited. And we'll be talking about it very shortly. So, um, But that will be it for this week's edition of New Generation Hero Talk, the second New Generation Hero Talk in a matter of a couple of days. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we certainly did enjoy it. You can catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network from SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Also, can catch our content on YouTube, New Generation Media. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media at New Generation Pod on, Insta- on Twitter, at New Generation Podcast on Instagram, and New Generation Media on Facebook. You can find Shamari on uh, Twitter, or excuse me, on uh, Instagram, Instagram and Snapchat, Snapchat MCShan22. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, actually EJ. That does it for now. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more Hero Talk. For Shamari and for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.